Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lambkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lambkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. We're going to be explaining some laws so that you can change them. Uh, We have a federal update, that's our lead story. And then uh, many others, and stick around to the end, we have an interesting uh, off-color out of cannabis, which is one of the uncool aspects of the industry, especially when it's a very limited market, whether it's limited at the state or at the municipal level. Uh, And thanks again, shout out to Collateral Base. They are uh, sponsoring this content. And remember, considering we talk about the legal cannabis industry, uh, you kind of have to be 21 to enjoy it. So uh, let's go. What's happening, Miggy? How are you? Happy Wednesday. We made it. We made it. We made it, and we have a whole bunch of news. Uh, the the news out of the federal government, and you really oh, yeah. thought it was going to be something, but then it turns out that it was a pretty good nothing burger uh, to start off the week. And this is from is like it? six days ago. And so they, yeah, they were hyping this story after last week's show. Marijuana Moment was reported on it. So the Attorney yeah. General, the Justice Department, said they will Did address the marijuana issues in the days ahead. Good damn. Yep. Uh, so how, how is this a nothing burger? Uh, you see, then what happened was they didn't. And so they still haven't really said anything, but it had to do with the budget that Uh-oh. they had. Uh-oh. And so the budget came out, and then the budget still says what it used to have said. Hey, Tom, previously. your audio, is it, is it me or you that the audio is coming in and out? I don't know. For me, I uh, hear everything just fine. Uh, is everybody else everybody tuned in, in? You know, like, subscribes. Let us know if, we, if something is not going right with the audio. Do we sound good to you? Like, I, I just thought it seemed like you're, you're, you're distancing in and out, and it could have been my connection or whatever, too. I was just trying to check, like, especially when it's on a landline. You're like, that's the frustrating part. When you're plugged mm-hmm. in hardwire, you're like, there's nothing else I can do. No, like, it's no, just the like, world that's all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. Audio is coming in good on their end, and so yeah, here everything. Man. All right, well, uh, that's it it's may just be yours, maybe simply. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. uh, hopefully he can he can pay attention and, and contribute. But then, so that was it. Merrick Garland uh, said that he was going to be doing something, and it was vague and it was couched, and there really wasn't much uh, that was going on. And then uh, the budget uh, stuff came out, uh, and so the budget uh, did not include anything new. And so the can, department was it. 
honestly, just can what I mean, really, what can the attorney general do besides set a precedent as far as like, okay, you're gonna go after the marijuana people? Can they? They can't deschedule, right? No, in theory, they actually probably could. Uh, the Department of Justice and the Attorney General, uh, I had, I never used the Controlled Substances Act in court ever. Mm. Like, you know, I, I I've got back into court recently, but it's on like what it always is, contracts. You know, business. But uh, in in the Controlled Substances Act, they have given a lot of power to certain aspects of the executive branch. Uh, so, like, the Biden could direct Merrick Garland to begin the descheduling process, under my understanding of it. Well, does I he haven't have really researched it? it in a while. But does he have to direct it? Could Garland just say upon, like, hey, this is the right thing to do? Like, could that be no, a thing? Probably no. not. Probably not. But they can say what their priority and enforcement priorities are. Uh, and they've had that a lot. But this is um, some appropriations that came out. And so the Department of Justice in that appropriations was asking for money, like the, they do. And then uh, they said they, are, they aren't going to expand the defunding. And so I was hopeful that the defunding would have been expanded by the Justice yeah. Department. Uh, and so right now, it, so the text they released on Tuesday didn't include it, didn't prevent the Justice Department from using its funds to get in the way of the adult use industry. So that's still the law. Uh, they haven't changed the, the terminology from medical into uh, state licensed or something like that. But they it's did. Kind of- Go ahead. I would say it's kind of a waste of time. Like the fact that they didn't do that, right? Because I mean, do we really think they're going to step up at this point, right? The toothpaste is out of the tube, right? They're not right. going to be able to like start rating stores just because of the CSA. Well, you know? I yeah, I hope so. But then maybe Merrick Garland's still going to say something. Maybe he's going to have a new type of coal memo, the Garland memo, we'll call it. You're right, and, and it would specify how the Department of Justice is going to use or not use. The allocated funds that it has at its disposal and so like right now they could just start shutting it all down yeah because they have the money to do it it's just they don't have the political will or direction to do it well and i think too the the dea the justice department most of the dea they're they're trying to uh you know uh create jobs right they're, they're worried about losing their job they're like if we get rid of weed and making that a crime what, what's gonna happen next you know that's it's, it's like the stupid stories about like the poor dogs the canines that they're like oh no they've trained all their life to like fuck with people now they can't like, yeah hey didn't anybody ever think of the police dogs in the whole legalization rubric while you're trying to do the right things those jo- dogs will be out of jobs but they will still be very good boys maybe the girls shit. too i don't know uh it's not all the federal cannabis legalization news that we had this week so so far it's been a nothing burger or inference on uh merrick garland because they haven't said anything about their enforcement and then the budget that they request from the department of justice they still say they have money to be able to shut down the industry not the medical industry uh and there was a little something else as well out of congress yeah. this week so congress is tackling hemp uh challenges cbd marketing uh, marijuana research and psychedelics in their spending legislation and so that was reported earlier today i i mean this stuff we all talked about already right like the marketing part talking about the wellness issue right they're going to be looking at like what you can say for it right what you what you can say and back up right for alternative treatments yep yep let's hope so but uh, that's what they're saying. Marketing of CBD updates of research for medical marijuana for vets and investigations into alternative treatments. That would probably be the psychedelics for the PTSD. Uh, that's great. All well and good. And uh, the funding that they are granting is for the uh, Food and Drug Administration. Let's see. Veteran Affairs and also the United States Department of Agriculture. And they're also talking about hot hemp. 
right? Hot hemp. But they <laughs> did a decent regulation, and so now they do have the hemp extraction regulation. So the committee, Congress, ex- intentionally expanded the definition of hemp to make sure that in-process materials aren't cr- uh, criminalized.、Uh, this is big news out of Congress, which is great.、Yeah. So, like, if you do. Uh, enjoy the hemp products and did not want to be criminalized.、Uh, good news,、uh, they've done a little bit more, and they said hemp extract regulation. So the committee is concerned about that.、Uh, therefore, the committee directs the USDA to coordinate directly with the DEA to present the industry with guidance and information on the in-process extracted material. It's like another layer of、uh, legalizing CBD, right? Can you imagine, like, if we, when we do legalize cannabis, marijuana, weed, whatever you want to call、mm-hmm. it, this is it.、Uh, Yeah, it's gonna be like just a step by step. How long has it been since the the Farm Act was 2018? Right, we're, we're four years into it. And then, how many states have been messing with people with Delta Eight?、Uh, oh,、products? I got an email from a client this week regarding、uh, Oregon creating a prohibition on、uh, synthetic cannabinoids, and would、uh, Delta Eight、uh, be included in that under their understanding of the definition of uh, uh, synthetic cannabinoids? Well, the definition also matters with the word synthetic, right? Because if you're actually getting it from the actual hemp plant, it's not synthetic, is it? But if you're doing like a, like Marinol, where you're doing like you know a lab creation, then that's synthetic, in my opinion. Wouldn't you think? Like, isn't synthetic itself? That's right. The- and so, in our、uh, legal opinion letter, and if you want one of those, you can email me at tomcollateralbase.com,、uh, or just visit collateralbase or cannabisindustrylawyer.com. And, and the point was. That they were de- derived from that hemp, and therefore they're also extracted from the definition of hemp、uh, pursuant to the Farm Bill and all the new AK Futures case. And so that AK Futures case also really helped to provide more protection to the、um, uh, cannabinoid derivative businesses, provided that, of course, those cannabinoids were derived from licensed hemp farmers that grew the hemp according to the rules, and then. This new extraction guidance would, would really help. Something from this article is pretty cool. So, for the most recent VA spending bill report, the committee said it recognizes that the department has taken steps to clarify that simply working in the legal marijuana market does not render a veteran ineligible for a home loan benefit under VA. And it's working with lenders to improve communication with eligible lending institutions to reduce confusion. That's amazing because、mm-hmm. you know you have to tell them where your income is and in. You know, you're, you're turning people into criminals who shouldn't be. Yes, right. That's the you know, and then the legalization, and so now you have this this process where people, and then banks will still say, "Ah,、oh, you're a criminal, kick them out." You know, and then the federal government will say, "Ah,、oh, you're a criminal, but you're a licensed and regulated criminal, and so we're not going to enforce it, but we are going to tax you heavily, and you might get kicked out of your bank."、Uh, it's just really, really frustrating that they they're letting it happen. But they ain't helping it. They're exploiting、yeah. it. They aren't helping it like get there quicker, so that all these silly little things go away. No, and they just they just kind of watch, you know. Well, it's not a common sense approach. It's it's a, a, a who who has the biggest dollar approach. Who who has the bigger investments and in, in what's you know how many states have legalized it where it was a grassroots effort. Oh, the vast majority of all states that have ever legalized the cannabis plant. Did so、uh, by the voters' decree. No,、so、they but I mean, went like, to the, the, the funding, the, the ballot initiative. Right, but like for five hundred two here in Washington State, there was a lot of out-of-state money that was involved. You know, as as like we were the first state, me and us in Colorado were the first two states at the same time to legalize it. Right, which is kind of weird because our state 
took extra precautions with uh, 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 DUIs and uh, 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 home grows, whereas Colorado was like, all right, you're allowed home grows under DUIs. 70-30 rules. I love that rule. Like You have yeah. to grow 70% of your uh, inventory. That that makes it small right there, you know? So, but the thing is, for us here, like, I, I know several times it was grassroots organizations that failed, but then when you get money out of state and, and, and investors, you know, people, all these proposed MSO people that are in the background, they're putting money into these states because they want to see, they're trying to change the law before they put their money into the, the market or whatever, you know? Uh, so I'm just The point being, it just costs money to legalize it. And no one else is putting the effort because grassroots ain't working. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess that can bring us to our next story, which I think we should be able to finish in uh, eight minutes before it's 20 past the hour. This one was trending this week. Let's talk about it. What up, everybody? Cannabis industry lawyer and Miggy here on Cannabis Legalization News, reminding you that New York is spending $200 million on marijuana social equity properties. Did you see this news this no. week? No. So that's, you that's didn't. Amazing. Oh, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and so this is a, out of mjbizdaily.com. Uh, John Schroeder is the chief correspondent on it. They are helping to set up and inject $200 million into the local marijuana real estate market, leasing up to 150 retail properties that would be given to social equity businesses, giving them a leg up in the state's new recreational market. Now, that's great. Uh, I really also enjoy how New York has so far only defined uh, the social equity as the arrest. And that's the one that I, I really believe in because uh, the, the 10th Amendment is not going to be, and that's, geez, I always say that. The 10th Amendment has nothing to do with the Dormant Commerce Clause. But sometimes, because I'm an idiot, I will refer to the 10th Amendment when I mean the Dormant Commerce Clause. And that challenge, uh, because it's kind of like a state's rights aspect of it, where one state is self-dealing against another state. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, and so those lawsuits take forever, and they could still, in theory, come to New York. But uh, they don't have the geographic locations that states like Illinois or New Jersey have where you have to prove long-time residency, and so that literally is discriminating against out-of-state residents. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally get the the, the the that's a great equity part when it comes to – because equity, social equity is a very diverse, diverse – divisive, divisive uh, uh, term, right, when people talk about it in the business. But real estate, this is huge, right, because this is really, really investment should be done. It should be mm-hmm. given an investment, and like you said, the people who are arrested – so, because I mean, that's the biggest barrier when it comes to like, hey, I'm gonna apply for this license, and here's my pretend place I'm gonna be living at. You know, I, I oh yeah, has but that kind of change. I know, but we get to talk about some New Jer- New York dispensaries and how much we think it'll actually cost. So they're gonna allow this, which is great. But then the application and the requirements that they have put out uh, are very, very um, high. And so the dormitory authority of the state, New York, the agency overseeing the disbursements of the funds. uh, And so they're scouting locations and they're looking for these real estate locations. But then they put out guidance, actually, for uh, the state. And I'm going to go find uh, that because I I looked at it yesterday, but it says a PDF. So I have to, like, find it, open it, and then I can share the screen. Well, here's something I find interesting, too, about this story. Uh, If you you go, uh, I don't know if you already have it still up. I I have it up on my side. But this... uh, what they mentioned is the CBRE group. The, um, mm-hmm. That so, it's so CBRE, weird. right? It's a yeah, very it's, large commercial real estate group. Well, it's not just commercial real estate. So they also do uh, uh, like a manufacturing. They're almost like a temp agency, like like a like they fill in spaces in, in, in manufacturing. So it's just 
interesting to see a, a big firm like that who's got a big presence in in in, in tech and in other is, industries that i've seen in manufacturing that you know they're investing in cannabis like that's yeah. kind of neat yeah, and a lot of it's pretty neat. So again, just before we dig into the the, the little thing that we have, uh, just again, the, the news story out of uh, Marijuana Business Daily was New York's going to be spending two hundred million on marijuana social equity properties with all these leases for the retail properties, up to one hundred and fifty of these retail properties. Uh, and then we were talking about uh, the dormitory authority of the state of New York, and this is what they actually released. Uh, see that there it is, the dormitory authority for the state of New York, the Dancy. Uh, and let's kind of zoom in on that. And then let's spend a little bit of time before it's 420 discussing what is going to go in to these. Uh, and so they want it to be 3,000 to 5,000 square feet. <clears throat> uh, and then they have, here's what you need. You need the sales area with reception, check-in, branding wall, kiosks. Oh. They, they tell you about the back of the house, product receiving, uh, cannabis processing, vaults, quarantine, office space, general, janitor's closet, break room, mechanical room, if necessary. And then they talk about the security system. So look at this. Yeah. Uh, video cameras with 24-hour recording ability to produce a still color photo at 9,600 DPI with a date and timestamp. You see, the, the security system is going to be uh, expensive. Look well, at that. I mean, all together, right? So even even if you give us property, Right. Very much. Thank you for the the. the oh, the, the property help. that this is is going to be in the millions. I mean, well, like the stuff that they need, like the doors, the minimum yeah. duties doors. They they have so many things that are going into even the HVAC. Is that going to uh, be included with the social equity thing, or is that just these what the are the rules? Are? Okay. Like, yeah. I, but then it, it gets it's kind of like a cart before the horse, or like one hand clapping. This is yeah. the state saying that they're going to do these rules and that they're also going to pay for it. They, they have the $200 million. That's just, you know, ridiculous. But then what is the application going to look like? Because the application process now, you know, if it's a complete application, great. Then it really just is, can you get the application done and qualify as social equity? Uh, and then if they set it up in such a way, uh, you know, where you qualify in social equity, is somebody going to file a lawsuit? You know, for saying that this is only available to in-state New York residents and therefore it discriminates against me for not living in New York and, and do the I, same type of 10th dormant commerce clause challenge. I, I mean, I, I think the, the players who are going to be involved, who want to be involved are already there, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you're not going to get a lot of out-of-state. I mean, you already have the out-of-state money that's going to be involved probably, right? I'm pretty sure Cresco's and GTI's. Sure, and all but the they, they, need the, they need to know that they have the window and they have the ability to get in. And I, I think they yeah. probably will, but... Uh, Look at all this stuff. Oh, look, Benjamin Moore paint. Now, Jesus. that's what you call... Um, Specific. Well, it, I was going to call it rent-seeking behavior, where you put yourselves into the uh, uh, regulations themselves, like Biotrack THC did for uh, the seed-to-sale software in Illinois. It's kind of like when you uh, uh, have a, a, a professor and they want to sell you their book. I'm, it's, it's a very <laughs> nice... It sounds like a very nice, very safe... Very secure backup generator. Don't forget about that. Remote access control, secure doors, 24-7 remote alarm, camera surveillance and camera recording equipment. And they also prefer if that HVAC for the data room and the vault and the point of sale stations are on that backup generator. You know, this stuff ain't cheap, yo. Oh, yeah, um, no. yeah. At least a million. Oh, yeah. But uh, I love that they have given this guidance and then they say that they're going to build the 200 million of them. So this guy, you know, it's interesting. Somebody's going to make money 
because that 200 million dollars is going to go to build some very nice dispensaries and then the the the, the tenants then what they just lease uh, with it and, and so now the state of new york's turned it into like a cash flow for themselves they they're going to be their own cannabis real estate investment trust yeah no they give you it they figured out how to do it man that, we'll that's, see. I'm, i mean i don't know if the lawsuits are really going to be the way that you think for this one because it's going to be such a big market because there's going to be so much potential for i mean the, the culture right like can high times was based out of there but it was illegal the whole time like it's insane you know it's, how long did it take to get to california <laughs> to open a headquarters there, there uh, more than a little bit yeah oh, more than a little bit hey we've made it everybody it's 20 past the hour That 420 somewhere was brought to you by the collateral base where you can retain us and use uh, the collateral base system to really bank your business well. And what types of things go into the bank at the collateral base? Uh, your documents. A lot of documents do. And so go ahead and you can find out how to retain us there by visiting collateralbase.com. Moving on with the news. Nice. We got some uh, pot stocks. Pot stocks. So you got it laid up, or yep, sweet. I do, but then I hopefully I'm not going to get hit with a whole bunch of stuff. I just I just don't. Yeah. Four okay. top stocks for your uh, list of marijuana stocks in June 2022. So we got Cureleaf Consortium, Consortium, Consortium. Verano, and Verano. Air Wellness, and then an ad. You know, let's get an ad. Uh, and so Cureleaf is OTC. See these are all OTCs. What all these mean? OTCs, that's over the table or over oh, the counter, okay. you know, uh, over the counter. Uh, they're, they're all traded derivatives of uh, their stock in uh, Toronto. So they're all uh, listed in Toronto and then they trade over the counter in the United States. Uh, Cureleaf is a huge multi-state operator with 134 retail locations. They, they're very large and, and especially in the limited market uh, states. Consortium, I've never heard of them. Okay, yeah. they're in Florida, and now in Texas, which doesn't have an industry, uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania. So I think that these people are probably going to be committing rent-seeking behavior in Texas. Wouldn't oh, surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is interesting because we just talked about what last month about how they're hitting a, a new low, and then uh, this article talks has a nice little burb that the uh, you know uh, uh, see MSOs in the United States recently exceeded all other income generators on the planet since the p- epidemic. They fared better than the Canadian LPs, so that's why they're covering these four American uh, stocks to look at, which is interesting. That's right, and the the stocks are all on sale, super sale, if you if you really want to. They they're down about seventy percent year over year, which is fairly nuts. Uh, if you want to look at uh, charts of these stocks, do we have any charts of them? I wonder. Uh, let's uh, do we have a chart do we have a one-year chart there you go let's show a one-year chart uh up here for marijuana stocks.com shout out to them this is can sortium uh this is a this is a penny stock and so like it's down it was trading at a buck about a year ago and now you can get it for 20 cents which means that it has only uh, sold off by about 80 percent you know that's <laughs> how can you tell if it's cheap it's 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 off it's high by 80 percent here's air wellness i don't think that's going to be as bad 
but uh, let's go for a year. Oh, wow. uh, Air Wellness has traded down. It was trading at 30. Now it's at five bucks. And this is, uh, you know, they actually have PE ratios now. They didn't used to have PE ratios uh, because they were just such growth based companies. Yeah, and so their earnings per share, you see where it says negative four dollars and twenty two cents. That yeah. means in the last quarter, this company lost four dollars and twenty two cents a share. Uh, how many shares are there? Total shares sixty nine point one three million dollars. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, million shares. And so that's that's a lot of loss right there. And so now you can kind of see why the marijuana stocks are down by approximately seventy eight percent over the course of the year. They lose money. Welcome to the industry. Is it a coincidence that uh, uh, cannabis stocks and crypto have taken a dive this past month? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. um, uh, safe banking would change a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the yeah. profitability of these cannabis companies overnight would get changed. Uh, oh, yeah. Because of how much they get squeezed by IRC 280E. Well, and, and I, I think safe banking would help establish a lot of like uh, MSO proper. Like right now, they're just boats that money's being thrown into it whereas they have to rethink their business plans and how to be a, like a fair competition because eventually that's what's going to happen you know with the uh, federal legalization will it happen will fair competition happen i don't know um i it's business and so part of me goes no freaking way no freaking way is that going to happen because that's not you know, that's not how jaded business works you know they uh, people in business they always say i'm looking for an opportunity and I could uh, you know, exploit, and that's that's all they kind of do. And uh, uh, so I just don't think that they're going to share. That's that's one of the problems. People they never have enough. They always want more. You know. Ah, oh, wow. I mean, you can never have. Uh, people <laughs> I mean, people have a real hard time with what a concept of enough is. You know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I don't understand people who like the the. Well, I mean. People, some people got like a work drive where they just uh, like even after they make their first millions or whatever, they just keep doing shit. Like how? Or they just keep taking shit. Like some yeah. people just freaking rob and, and lie and cheat and steal. Um, but not all of them. A lot of them. But not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do a little name that strain. Hey, name that strain would be pretty darn fun. It's either name that strain or international news. Uh, which one? Are, I thought we had the international news before the name that strain. But we can oh, just okay, yeah, totally. No, it, it depends. It depends. Let's see. Uh, what else do we have in there? Uh, decline in the strain history. Crap, I wasn't expecting. Cannabis. Yeah, let's do uh, international and then name that strain. Yeah. Cool. You got that one? Oh, the international. In Russia, sucks news. Uh, we have some international news here on cannabis industry lawyers. Oh, well, that's what I get for changing to too many uh, brands that we're trying to hype. Uh, so Russia has sentenced a United States citizen to 14 years in prison for cannabis, he says, was prescribed. A former employee of the U.S. Embassy in Moscow has been handed a 14-year prison term uh, in Russia for illegal drug trafficking after he was caught entering the country with medical cannabis that was prescribed to him after back surgery. So this is being reported out of Radio Free Europe on June 17th of this year. That's horrible. Uh, Fogel is one of several Americans incarcerated in Russia in recent years on charges that their family supporters, and in some cases, U.S. government had said appeared trumped up. So, I mean, maybe he. I mean, like, I don't. How much weed would you take? I would. I would I not know. take weed to Russia, dude. Like, I was hitchhiking in Russia, like in two thousand and five. 
before I went to law school. And so I don't think I go hitchhiking in Russia no more. But is a lot of hash there too. Yeah, but that's because of the present, like, uh, what do you call it? The fucking dictatorship going on there. Yeah, but, yeah, that was back when Putin was not as, as crazy as he is now. Yeah, but like, uh, remember that, that gallery I went to was uh, the highlighting all like glass art, like pipes and bombs and shit. One of them was a piece made, half of it was made in Russia and half of it was made in the United States. And the guy could literally have gone to jail for just producing a pipe in Russia. So it kind of adds a little nuance of this piece that was really beautiful and shiny. Uh, but yeah, this is fuck Russia. Man. I don't know what to say. Sorry, Russians. But uh, yeah, basically, I mean, I, yeah. I can't stress that one enough. Hey, if you guys agree, don't forget to smash those likes and click subscribe. Well, and you know, now- it's funny. Well, go ahead. Like we can, we can. Well, kinda... I saw an article uh, besides this one uh, that said during because the 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 war that Russia has created uh, has expedited Ukraine's legalization. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. Yep, and then of course they also mention the other American detained by the authorities, basketball star Brittany Grainer. She's been arrested in February for a vape cartridge, and she's still in custody. And hers was CBD, I believe. Wrongfully detained, but this has been happening. This has been happening where there's no justice in Russia. You know, we're so lucky that we actually have justice here. When you lose an election, there's all these safeguards that you can have before, like, you know, people people need to like swear their oath to the Constitution. And and America is a company, you know, it's a corporation. Uh, and so there are rules. But we the problem we should, but the thing is, the ones that say they do or don't, right? So it's like if I tell you I'm the best in the world, most likely I'm an asshole. So it's like this whole the rule thing about like law and order. Well, that's the whole point of like legalization, right? Most cannabis consumers, you know, there's a variety of people that smoke weed, whether they be from like hobos to uh, rocket scientists. You know, mm-hmm. the, it's it's all there's no one stigma, one person that can that, that it is a consumer. You know, uh, like like your smartphone or uh, broccoli. Speaking <laughs> of broccoli, yeah, uh, and Russia sucking. I guess we can uh, move into the name that strain. All right, let's do that. Don't take that one to Russia. Oh shit! What happened? Hey, look at that! That is gorgeous. Um, that's pretty nice. That's, that's what we're fighting for, everybody. Right there. And if you're listening at home, you are missing a visual of a great nugget. So if you're on the podcast, cool. Uh, next time, check us out on YouTube. About a half hour in, we play Name That Strain and then describe the weed. Uh, it's got some purples. <laughs> it's got some fuzzy purples on there. You know, there's some sugar crystals on it. I bet it's dense, too. I bet you that little nodulars just, like, pop off when you break it off. You know, like little little balls. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> you said little balls. Uh, yeah, it's a girl. It doesn't matter. It is. It's, it's a girl. So they're Brax. But uh, yeah, the juvenile, the juvenile nature of people immediately. Just a oh, 14 year old giggling. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, pistols look great on it as well. And uh, it does have some green. So it's kind of got a nice little uh, purple and also some green. Uh, nice, nice trim. Hasn't been worked over very often. So, I would love to smoke that one. Do we have any hints? Uh, let's get go over because I haven't. I don't have the um, name that strain up, and I don't have the talent to you know, be able to uh, just say, "Hey, I had this. It's going to be this one." Yeah, um, look it up. No, it's it's got it's it's everything, and this one is very 
uh it's a lot of crosses it's a lot of crosses oh is it oh yeah that's there's some gelato 47 there's some jet fuel fuel gelato some thin mint girl scout cookies oh, even some sunset sherbet in that that is a flavor bomb uh, so if you grind that up and smoke it you literally go to flavor town sam quick you're so close so close so close so close Hot chocolate, kind of, not really. Maybe if it was in a different language, and I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think that's a hot drink, but it is a drink. No. It's named after a drink with a Spanish name. Actually, it could be warm. Not hot, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't had that 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 drink in years. I had it like last week. Well, there you go, and, and then we can kind of go over its uh, and talk about its nose. It's a sweet mix of earthy, floral, and spicy notes complemented by delicate creamy notes and whatever that is, that's kind of reminds me of the drink you know that, that and it's yes. named after a drink flowering tops have leaves that vary from light to dark green hues and deep purple shades Brown uh-huh. oh andy andy smith oh, and catherine from way downtown and catherine wow. oh and boy, like all three oh <laughs> uh, yes that is the horchata the horchata Yay. it is uh, flurry of white resinous trichrome crystals and that's that's what I would say about it. Flowering tops leaves that vary from light to dark, green hues, and deep purple shades, as you can see in that uh, that uh, illustration nugget. Flowering tops of leaves that occasionally found long orange hair round uh, out the deep color spectrum of the colas. So it's a cross from mochi and jet fuel gelato. Mochi, aka mochi gelato, aka gelato forty seven, is a cross of thin mint Girl Scout cookies and sunset sherbet. And jet fuel gelato has more of a mysterious background, but is believed to be jet fuel. Cross with gelato. A lot of gelatos in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I'm smoking a gelato right now, too. Shit. Wouldn't surprise me. We've had jet fuel. I don't have any gelatos. I like, I like, uh, actually, I like any weed. Fucking kid. I like any good <laughs> weed. I'm not going to lie. And if you guys do, too, go visit us at facebook.com backslash free THC. You will be warned not once, not twice, but three times that we might not be safe, which really grinds my gears. Really does, but uh, they Damn haven't deleted heads. the page, right? Ten yeah. years they have deleted us. Damn potheads! They just they've just made it say like so. If you try to visit our page, you may be asked if you have a drug problem, uh, and I don't think you do. I just think that the the country has a law problem. Yeah, the country has a a, a law endo- problem, an endocannabinoid <clears throat> system deficiency. Mm-hmm. You know that's that yeah. It's a it's a law problem. It's a it's a morality problem because the law is wrong. Right, I believe that the law is also wrong. Yeah, damn, block this porn fucking blocker. Yeah, gotta always do that. And there then uh, some. Here's some some crap that I didn't see coming. Which, of course, oh, I saw this coming. Oh, it's 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 irony. Personal irony, study, everybody. Oh, got you. Hey, uh, with uh, it's it's Tom and Miggy from Cannabis Legalization News with some shit you weren't expecting. Did you know that teen marijuana use dropped dramatically in Colorado in 2021? I mean, duh, it's not when you when you make something taboo, kids aren't going to be as interested in it. You better you know? not go do that, kids. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it now. Don't don't tell me what not to do, Dad. And so there, it's the the forbidden fruit syndrome. Well, think about this they don't too. Have that like, no even when the you in Colorado specifically, right? Like so, um, right? Even here in Washington State with my kids, right? They see that the the, the influence of alcohol versus tobacco or uh, versus cigarettes or um, mm-hmm. 
Oh, cigarettes are a good but, example as well because you yeah. can slate your your desire to smoke things. I think some humans just have an unique desire to pretend they're a dragon. Well, yeah, that too. But you ever know? You ever, do you know a, a cigarette smoker? Because if they can't have a smoke, like it's they as get as really heroin. addicted. Yeah, it and is. So they get they get nervous and then me, I will forget to smoke weed that day, and I'll be like, oh. Yeah, I guess I haven't done that. Oh, man, I, I, I could go for some. That sounds great, especially yeah. this. Um, it's horchata. Nice. But cool. or the only time, like, you really, like, realize, like, if you don't have weed, you're just like, ah, oh, just, that sucks. You're not going to be all like, hey, uh, want to get a little backyard action going on mm-hmm. here so I can get some money for this? No. It, it, cannabis is not that kind of addiction. It's more of the addiction of fighting the bullshit. Um, <laughs> it's coffee. You know, not yeah. even though, because, like, if I don't have caffeine, I'd probably get a headache. And if I don't have weed, I might get a little agitated. But uh, the forbidden fruit syndrome, and so now that they've put cannabis where it belongs in a regulated, hey, this isn't all that cool, uh, people are very often use it for medicinal purposes, shelf, uh, you can see the chart, and that is the usage. And so since they've legalized it, uh, I believe they legalized it in 14. Now, I mean, they did earlier, but I think in 14 is when they actually became effective and like started retail sales in Colorado. Uh, and and then you can see the the usage rates are down and to the right. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, you're just showing kids that like when they do because they're gonna do it, you know, with or without you knowing it. And, right. and and when they when they have the experience, go, hey, this is all the hope was about. Eh, this is stupid. Kind of like Hempfest. You're like, hey, two hundred thousand people are all smoking weed, and and mm-hmm. no one's like, there's nothing crazy. It's right. just the hot sun and, and and people enjoy themselves. It was like a big picnic, you know, yeah. with with music. But that's the thing about cannabis with all the the stigma and disinformation that we're fighting is because it's like a, the difference between having a a, 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 a lounge, a, a smoking lounge in a, in a bar. The bar mm-hmm. is going to, you know, watch out. October smoking lounges. Yeah. Nevada smoking coming. If you there's only going to be like 20 licenses of it. So they're even going to get restricted and like expensive on the consumption lounges in Nevada. But the, the, the 150 dispensaries that they're going to build for the social equity applicants in New York, wow, those look nice. But then if you aren't going to be one of those and that's what they're going to require, get out your checkbook because it's going to be expensive. Well, it's all going to cost money, I think, no matter what. That's the unfortunate uh, part of this is, is like any sort of uh, – infrastructure you know it, it, it costs money uh you don't have uh restaurants like i couldn't just open a taco stand tomorrow i need to meet uh clean codes uh pay sure. but there's uh, a license to get open to yeah you could do it fairly quickly and then it's and so the transferability of it and doing it fairly quickly i really applaud new mexico and to a certain extent new jersey new jersey has one little we're going to talk about it and how to cannabis because I think that there's going to be this type of thing happening. And you hear it in the news. You heard it out of Massachusetts where they have a similar setup. And so some states have this dual licensing structuring. Shout out to all the dual licensing structuring states. That's uh, California, uh, Min- Michigan, uh, New Jersey now, and um, Massachusetts. Uh, and those were the, I think those are all. But uh, anyway. Yeah, and yeah. The, the municipalities, they get a little rigged. They get a little corrupt. Sometimes. Just a little, Not just always. A, Not always. A little, yeah. like, like it was that, a donation. That. Yeah. Free money, man. Uh, okay, okay. Political contribution, please. Got a study out of a entrepreneur. 
Oh, is that the one that we uh, skipped over? Yeah. Yeah. That's another good one. Let's let's go yeah. over to more of these types of studies that are in the trends uh, that you wouldn't expect. So it's adolescent stuff. Uh, let's go over to the Gondrepreneur, bring them some stuff. Don't forget to sign up for their updates. 39% of millennial cannabis users consume the product multiple times per day. A new uh, Frontier data report found that 39% of millennials that consume cannabis usually do it multiple times a day. I say take the word millennial out of it and you got a good study. I guess, but uh, I also like, and shout out to New Frontier Data, uh, because when you are creating market summaries, you need data and they can provide it for you so that you can try to figure out what your TAM is, for example, your total addressable market. No, well, uh, I get that yeah. part. But, you know, with, with the campus consumer, how there's not one age or or money bracket or whatever, mm -hmm. I think, you know, a lot of times we group age brackets, millennial, boomers, whatever thing, mm -hmm. Gen X, Zs and shit like that. And, and really, we're all the same shit. It's all the same. You know, the only things that we have different are like our childhood TV shows and shit like that. But we're all yep. going to end up being the same asshole no matter what. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. There's just all one big pile of assholes. And so they go from one spectrum of asshole all the way to the other spectrum of asshole. Uh, very few people that are nice. They're usually somewhere in the middle being exploited by the assholes on either side. Uh, welcome to America. There is no health care. <laughs> but I think this is... Most cannabis consumers are doing it multiple times a day, right? Like, yeah. I know myself being a one long-time cannabis consumer, I, I, I have a couple bowls in the morning, a couple bowls in the afternoon if I can, uh, and always in the evening. You know, if I have it, I'm smoking it, period. Yeah, I tend to enjoy mine. Uh, but the stuff that I have right there, that's that purple banana from uh, Purple City Genetics, and I want to give a shout-out to them. And that stuff, uh, I only need to go through, like, a bowl of that a day. But let's go over some of the findings of this study because data, why not? 49% uh, of millennials shopping in the legal market spend between 50 and 200 bucks a transaction at cannabis retailers. 39% of millennials who use cannabis do so more than once a day, but there is a greater disparity here between consumption rates of men and women compared to other groups. 77% huh. of millennials can uh, substitute cannabis for sleep medications. Uh, for example, wow. sleep-related cannabinoids like CBN and THCP and they are more aware of it. And 66% of millennials complies the nation's law in general believe that strain is important when purchasing cannabis, which is great. And so sales will be up in the future and the customer should be more sophisticated and understand how what a diverse product offering uh, cannabis products are. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like because I think the millennial mark is the age group growing up with legalization, right, in different states, they're also understanding the plant better. They're also understanding, like, uh, wellness and, and, and plant science, right? This plant... Mm -hmm. They teach it now. And yeah. so, like, you talk about school, uh, they have education in college now. So they're actually finally starting to teach the plant. So you know that more uh, people are going to come online that uh, have none of that stigma or substantially less of that stigma because they were taught in school, the exact opposite that people like you and me were taught in school in the 80s or, or so, uh, where it was just say no. And you're like, hey, uh, we're just all being brainwashed to this. Shouldn't we question their authority? Never. Write that kid up. Put him on probation. Well, and again, it was easier to, to, to control uh, a segment of America, right? Fear mongering, you know, <clears throat> like, hey, Becky, don't smoke that joint. You're going to be like Sarah here, glued to the couch. No, I want that strain. 
I want that. Whatever just did That's that. Exactly how Gorilla Glue got got its name. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But yeah, the, with the misinformation and the the. The, the stigma being instilled in people's brains, you know, that's why I think politicians, it's always safer to say no than it is to say, well, perhaps we were wrong this whole time. Right. Unless, of <laughs> course, your constituency can make you checks and then you have the, the you know, the, the the donors, as we like to call them. They they like to donate. Well, and that's always been the problem with, like, America's, like, the big, well, any government, right? Money's always going to drive uh, policy and shit. Which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. It really is. It really is. And let's see. Try to pigeonhole this one into uh, a bumper because, like, we've we've kind of gone for a bit. Uh, we did a trending and a shit that I wasn't expecting, though. This one really isn't history, but I guess it is. Let's do this one as history because it's more data. Another one of the studies has been done. Some more cannabis history has been made again. Uh, cannabis history is made all the time. And so sometimes people ask, well, are they doing enough studies? And it turns out that the 1,455th study has been published. And it turns uh, so, yes, uh, nice. marijuana legalization has been linked to reduce drunk driving and safer roads. Study on auto insurance data is uh, suggesting. But of course, why would the auto insurers keep accurate data? It's not like their insurance company, which is at its core, just a numbers game. And so they want to make sure that they are pricing their premiums correctly based upon risk. Yeah. That was me being um, sarcastic. Sorry. Well, don't you think it, I mean, for them, it's all about data and and it's just like the actuarial sciences. Yeah. But like the seatbelts, right? Like people advocate for seatbelts, not because it's better for you, but because it was better for the insurance companies when it came to like claiming this shit at the end, like there, there was less, that's where the, you know, that's things change. Not sometimes because of it's better for all of us, uh, the waste, but think about it. it yeah. That means that there should be cheaper auto insurance rates in States where it's legal, as opposed to States where it's not, because yeah. when they legalize it, the, if the price of the insurance is mandated by regulation, and very often, sometimes it is. Uh, and, and so if the, if the pool that with which you are insuring is safer, it shouldn't be as expensive. And so uh, that that I mean, think about how expensive an auto uh, accident slash DUI is, because now you have right. the criminal justice system involved. You have insurance companies involved. You know, you have injuries, perhaps to, to life, property and people. And so all of those costs, they put the price of the insurance premium up. Well, and, yeah, what was it? Like I've always said, uh, the most dangerous thing about smoking and driving is packing the bowl. Well, don't do that then. <laughs> All right, so let's go into what they've actually found because this is pretty fascinating. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's history. More of the science data has been done. Everybody, the analysis determined that medical cannabis legalizations has re- reduced auto insurance premiums by 1.5 billion in all states that have currently legalized, with the potential to reduce premiums by an additional 900 million if the remaining states were to legalize a combined total of $2.4 billion in potential payment reductions for drivers under a nationwide Medical Cannabis Act. Are you saying federally the roads would be safer? That's correct. That's what they're saying. They're saying, and then here is a quote from the study itself, our results indicate that legalization and access to medical cannabis positively impacts auto safety. Yeah. I mean, this craziness that... uh, uh We've seen this already. Like, can, can, how many more fucking studies do we need to show like this plant's not going to cause a zombie apocalypse? 
Well, here's some more uh, results of this study that has saved Americans over a billion dollars so far because when, when the state legalizes medical cannabis, it, it becomes safer to drive. Uh, and then more from that study. Our results indicate that the increase in auto safety is due at least partially to a decrease in DUI of alcohol. Surprise, surprise. Right. The gateway, the exit drug. Yeah, that's correct. That's the uh, that's the exit drug effect in effect. Yep. Yep. We got some uh, cannabis. Oh, is, are we up to the cannabis now? Oh, this one's good. Uh, let's see. I wish that I had some more water because I'm getting a little hem. Get a little parched. A little All parched. Right. Want to run and get some? Uh, yeah. Why don't you hit up, uh, you know, something and fill time, and then do a uh, one of those technical difficulties. Oh, I've got you. I got you. I wanted to do something anyways. Let's see. I was thinking about doing something later. Um, I hope to. But uh, if not, if I don't get to it, I'm going to do it now. And so I wanted to share a friend of mine's uh, YouTube channel and uh, 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 talk about him and what he's got going on. Here we go. <clears throat> I got myself an orange soda. Nice, dude. Hey, so you know you know Johnny Green, right? All right. Well, we're losing viewers as it oh. goes. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Oh, no. All eight, fifth, 13 people we just lost. Hey, that's okay, because now we're going to be talking about the District Court of Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so this is, a, this is a gang recycling their trash type of thing. Um, so, oh, oh like, just, like money laundering? Correct. Anyway, uh, let's, let's go ahead and do a, another bumper on that, and then I'll do some how to cannabis. Oh, I double-click something I wasn't supposed to. All right, let's, let's do this. What up, everybody? It's me, Cannabis Industry Lawyer Tom. You can reach me at Tom at Collateral Base. And today is a very special episode of How to Cannabis Bribes. We don't recommend them, but you see them in the industry quite often. Let's talk about it. And uh, we'll also bring on Miggy. Let's see here. I'm going to remove that and add him. Uh, and so, yep, yep. This is uh, from the Justice Department. Coming out of the Justice Department, this was released on uh, June 17th. Associate of former Fall River mayor sentenced for extorting marijuana vendor and making false statements. Now, uh, Massachusetts is similar to New Jersey and maybe also your state in the sense that a lot of power has been given to the communities. Uh, they are great gatekeepers like they are the gatekeeper. And as a result, sometimes there's grift. Sometimes there's stuff that goes over the line of political contribution. And uh, is it a bribe, perhaps? Should you but, be recording yourself with all the meetings that you have when you go over that line? And you say, I, I don't want to pay this, but I got no choice. You know, uh, I, mm, who knows? He bought $12,500 worth of fundraising tickets for two of his campaign fundraising. Like, that's that's some back ass backwards uh, way to funnel some money and shit. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he dude. was sentenced to the U.S. Senior District Court to three years of probation, because, you know, slap on the wrist and all, ordered to fine, pay twenty five grand a fine and a money judgment of 61000 And so he, uh, yeah, <laughs> he handled the extortion for Korea and demanded the marijuana vendor buy twenty five grand, pay $25,000 to his political campaign fund by purchasing 12500 worth of fundraising tickets and, uh, to each of them. So there you go. Uh, for a mortgage forgiveness. So it looks like $80,000 worth of shit this guy got or gave out. 
Crazy. Yes. And, and uh, this was somebody who was related, an associate and co-conspirator, the former Fall River mayor. The, the mayor uh, got ensnared into the extortion and also the bribes as the political contributions. And it is election season. And then people are trying to get cannabis licenses in your state, perhaps. So um, that is a tricky one. What do you do as the uh, license holder? Because I mean, maybe you're in a conditional period or maybe just applying. Uh, and that's the way that that guy plays ball. Yeah, well... We, and then we've heard what who's the one with a husband and wife in florida true leaf that true was leaf. a great one if you guys haven't checked that out yeah uh, i think it's also on our how to cannabis playlist check that out but then uh, go to the one like how to win a cannabis license for 2022 i'll do another one for 2023 when we're there but one of the things was the uh have your spouse do the bribing for you that was one of the top <laughs> ways to get a cannabis license maybe you shouldn't do the bribes you have to run the company have your spouse do it. And then we talked about True Leaf, you know. Oh, that's some good shit, man. Yeah. Well, you know, that is kind of funny, but then he has to pay real money judgment back. And he's uh, going to be on three years of probation. His political career is over. So, hmm. you know, to try to get that money, to get that power, in hindsight, really wasn't worth it. But, you know. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, to, to your life is crumbling after that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no going after that. Uh, got a, somebody asked me, uh, Oki Sean asked me what year I became an ad, advocate. I just want to say, uh, I helped collect signatures for prop 215. So, so that was a while ago. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has. It's been a while. Prop 215, I want to say 1996. And so if you're doing signatures, 1995 or mm-hmm. before maybe. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was <clears throat> I answered it out of the paper. That's how I, I got that little gig. Cause I was trying to, I had long hair down the middle of my back and, uh, no cares, no worry, and good abs. Well, you know, that very frequently <laughs> corresponds to somebody in their 20s. Yeah, I was like 18, 19. Mm. <laughs> and also teenagers, I forgot to mention. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit, man. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things, you know, watch out for that in business, uh, especially the cannabis business, especially the cannabis business where you have the dual licensing structure and they have all this very, very local things. And all those people are running for political office, which is very expensive, by the way. Um, so there's that fine line between a political contribution and, you know, extortion. No shit. I mean, there's well, ways to do it. That's it. There's ways to do it. And that's one of the reasons, you know, go ahead and, and document them business records in the collateral base. We'll help you do it over at collateralbase.com. One of the things that you get as part of the software as a service is the ability to make all the corporate resolutions and um, uh, meeting minutes that you want. So just have those meeting minutes, do the corporate resolutions, document that stuff, because then later, if somebody's auditing you, and the IRS probably will audit you, and then that might lead to these types of things, and be like, well, why did you spend all that money on these political contributions? Oh, uh, get the meeting minutes. And, and, And so I felt like I had no choice in my business judgment you know, I needed the license versus not having the license. It's very bad for my business to not have the license. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I mean, that's just, again, business. We're, we're talking, if you're looking to do this, you better have already half a million, right, set aside somewhere. Oh, it's a expensive industry. And yeah. so, you know, like, depending on where you are, even if you're in Oklahoma, uh, even if you're opening a, a you know, heck, if you're opening a restaurant, I'd still say you should probably be budgeting at least a half a million dollars. But you know, everybody likes to cut corners or chintz or, or not have enough capital. 
Those are the ones that fail. It might actually be why uh, two out of three business, nope, three out of five, isn't it? It's like 66% or 60% of businesses fail within the first five years. Yeah, let alone cannabis with uh, all the hurdles they have to go through. And the regulatory compliance. It's another reason why they lose money. Yep. Uh, the taxes. issues, yeah, the taxes, but then also the compliance costs that are put on their back. So when they go from Illinois to operating into Michigan, you just doubled the, the complexity of the regulatory landscape that you're dealing with. Yeah. Again, lab regulation is plant regulation. That's all we need. Federal regulation. Like this is the first year that we have federal regulations for the cultivation of hemp. Yeah. And that makes it a lot easier when there's rules. One rule, not 50 rules, one, you know. Federally, too, for all the interstate commerce for these guys. So, yeah, good luck to you, uh, Delta 8 and CBD and CBN. Hopefully it's all 100% plant extract, not synthetic. Well, that's the only one you have the umbrage, the coverage for is the natural extraction. And in our um, uh, legal opinion letters that we like to sell, uh, we explain the difference. And so we use, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Mitchell's work at Hebrew University. And we talk about how he has made synthetic cannabinoids in the lab. And we talk about HB-210, which, of course, is a synthetic cannabinoid that he invented uh, in a lab in Israel. And that's what, what HB is, like Hebrew University or some, uh, And then maybe it's HU-210. And the, the differences of what a uh, naturally derived, and then the, there's the way they defined hemp was huge and very broad. And then the case in the uh, Ninth Circuit, uh, the AK Futures case, they just read it straight. And so if the, uh, the cannabinoid product arose from the hemp plant, you should have uh, protections. Hopefully, let's get a lawyer like Tom. Yeah, that's, that's if you're in the cannabis industry, hire a lawyer and an accountant like Tom. And well, I'm not an accountant. I'm, no, I'm, but you're I, a lawyer. But you but got a lawyer. But you know accountants. I, I do make referrals, but I also always like to cover my ass because then I'm like, while I do understand this particular provision of the Internal Revenue Code, I am not a tax lawyer. Yeah, make a referral. So anything else that we got to discuss for the good of the uh, the wonderful people that are tuning in and our members that, and then our viewers and the people that download and take us on the uh, the podcast. And then, of course, those nice people that have given us five-star reviews and then mean-tweeted us mercilessly. Uh, now, I might, I might try and, I'm gonna try and do a, uh, I want to do another video again, probably later today, maybe tomorrow. But I've been trying to, again, it's all about, like, I know a lot of videos in my head that I want to do. But this one in particular, I'd like to do highlights, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we got to do the puns. But I'd like to highlight some other, uh, 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 we call it a, a content creator. So um, look for that. I'll be live again. And when you see the thing, it will be just be a local one live, not a pre-recorded thing. And uh, thanks for joining us, man. All 101 so far. Today. Yep, 101. Yeah. See you on Sunday. I think we're still Good looking shit. for a guest. But I'm going to get back to work. I got some complaints that are due by July 7th. Ah, yep. Get those SOPs done. Oh, yeah. Get them done. See you soon, guys. Yeah.